fingerprint scans, facial recognition, it's all becoming relatively common in the trucking industry. And it's leading to some lawsuits. I'm HDT Managing Editor Vesna Brajkovic, and we're talking privacy rights and biometric data collection on this episode of HDT Talks Trucking. Each month on HTT Talks Trucking, the editors of HTT go behind the news to bring you updates and additional insights into one of our hot stories from the previous month. The top story of October on our website, truckinginfo.com, was about more than 44,000 truck drivers in Illinois winning a lawsuit against BNSF for them unlawfully collecting fingerprint scans at their rail yards. What drives your decisions? The choices you make can make a big difference for your fleet, and it all starts with what's under the hood. So when everything is riding on you to keep the wheels on the road, turn to the proven protection of SitGuard heavy-duty engine oils. Learn more at sitgolubes.com. Here with me to discuss this story and the greater implications of biometric data collection industry as a whole, we have an attorney and a partner with transportation specialty law firm Scopolitis, Andrew Butcher. Thanks so much for coming on, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Good afternoon. So let's kind of dive into the details of this bigger story that we're seeing. So BNSF Railway, one of the biggest railroads in the country, um, one of the class one railroads, unlawfully collected fingerprints of over 44,000 truck drivers at their rail yards in Illinois while they were coming in to pick up and drop off loads. So a Chicago federal jury ruled that BNFS registered driver's fingerprints without the proper permission, and then the drivers were awarded $220 million in damages. So behind all this is a privacy law in Illinois called the Illinois Biometric Information Privacy Act, or BIPA for short. So essentially, from what I understand, it protects people in that state from having their biometric data, such as fingerprints, collected without written and informed consent. So Andrew, I know you're very familiar with this law. What should we know about it, and who is it meant to protect? So um, it's a, as you said, it's a law that's supposed to protect individuals and their right to privacy to biometrics. And so biometrics under this law defined broadly to include anything from a retina or iris scan, fingerprint scans, voice prints, and then also scans of the hand or, or face geometry. And the purpose behind the law is to maintain the privacy of those individuals in Illinois who are having their biometrics utilized by Uh, companies throughout the state. So as far as, you know, for BNSF, the lawsuit in particular, the issue was focusing on the fingerprint scans. But as you said, there's a lot of different biometric data being collected. So especially for the trucking industry, what are the types of biometric data um, that are being collected um, for truck drivers, for example, that we should be watching out for? Yeah, the the two biggest are uh, fingerprint technology, and that's, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, with BNSF. But either using fingerprint technology to access a facility, or there's a number of companies that will utilize a fingerprint technology for recording uh, time, uh, time systems. Uh, so the other way that we're seeing the BIPA impact transportation industry is with respect to uh, in, in cabin cameras and the use of the cameras that are inward facing um, for fatigue driving, for example, or even just for um, you know, registering who the driver is so that they can receive the dispatch. Oftentimes, at least the allegation is that those cameras are utilizing facial geometry 
uh, in violation of BIPA if the written consent is not obtained appropriately. And I, I mean, I imagine that this techno as technology advances and more and more fleets are getting in-cab cameras and um, across the supply chain as a whole, technology is being uh, advanced. Um, the biometric data collection, it's going to be the hot button issue that we're going to see a lot more. Um, and right now, um, this one, BIPA is focused at Illinois, but are there other states that have similar biometric privacy laws um, similar to BIPA right now? And also, do you envision those laws becoming just more common across the industry as these technologies kind of kind of come out here? So there are other states that have biometric laws in place, but none that have the um, recovery that's available and the private right of action that's available here in Illinois. And so those are the, the two unique features of BIPA. It's that you first have a right to recover, it's $1,000 for a violation or $5,000 if it's a reckless violation. Um, and actually before the Illinois Supreme Court right now is a, a issue of is that $1,000 per person or is that $1,000 per violation? So if it's a finger scan technology, is that $1,000 each time somebody puts their finger on the finger scan? You can imagine that could result in a, a massive potential liability for, for companies. And then the second aspect of it, as I said, is the, the private right of action to pursue those damages. And so private right of action, lawyers speak for the ability to bring a lawsuit. Um, there was really a massive number of filings that occurred in uh, 2019 after the Illinois Supreme Court confirmed that you had a right to bring a private right of action for these BIPA claims. The, the uh, statute's been around since 2008, and up until 2019, there really had not been much, if any, litigation over the issue. But once there was the ability and confirmed to bring that private right of action, the floodgates opened uh, to hundreds or thousands of these people lawsuits being filed. Yeah, and I, I can imagine trucking companies that are listening to this and, and following stories like this, they're thinking to themselves, um, what do these laws specifically mean for trucking companies? What do they mean for drivers that operate in those specific states? It, what should they be looking out for? So if you're using the in-cab cameras in particular, making certain that you have a process in place for the appropriate consent that's necessary, um, and also that the collection and destruction of the biometric information is being done appropriately. Um, and then all, you know, if you're using any kind of finger scan technology, as I said, is the other way that we typically see this issue come up. Again, wanting to ensure that you have the proper protocol in place so that you can comply with BIPA because it's unfortunately a, a expensive issue to litigate and settle if those uh, proper protocols are not put in place. So thinking about how trucking companies specifically can avoid lawsuits, um, what can they do one to ensure that they're avoiding them themselves when it comes to data collection and then protecting their own drivers um, right to privacy when it comes to that data collection? I think ensuring for the driver's perspective or the company making sure that the drivers are being protected, it's confirming with the uh, entity that's collecting the information that they would have the proper uh, safeguards in place to protect the biometric information from uh, being distributed to anyone else. 
Yeah, and it, it's interesting because in the BNSF case, for example, I was reading that the railroad's actually appealing the decision because they kind of putting the blame on this third party contractor that was on their rail yard. And they're saying basically, well, they're the ones who collected the information. We trusted them to know the law and to collect things correctly, um, and they did it. So there's a lot of kind of where's the responsibility going? Who's responsible um, for these things, collecting them and then storing them? Um, and then, like you said, multiple violations, there could be multiple violations for one driver, you know what I mean? So there's yeah. just, there's a lot. The, you know, the BNSF case, there's uh, some context is helpful with that. There was, uh, so it's a, an operation that BNSF is operating a rail yard here in Illinois, and there's hundreds of motor carriers who are entering this intermodal rail yard uh, on any given day. And so with the hazardous materials that are being transported in and the volume of the product that's moving through the facility, there's security access measures that need to be put in place. Prior to the use of these biometrics, it would have been an individual who's manually checking people in to get into the facility. Uh, BNSF, along with a uh, few other rail yard operators, CSX and CN are, are two others that we know, um, started utilizing this automatic gate um, that would go up and down based on somebody's fingerprint to gain access. Well, the same plaintiff who filed the lawsuit against BNSF was a driver who went through the CFX and then also the CN rail yard mm. filed lawsuits against them as well. Oh, wow. Okay. The CSX and CN both settled their cases. Uh, BNSF was the, I think you mentioned earlier, the first case to go to trial on this and a significant number was tacked on uh, by the jury verdict there. It's right now, yeah, BNSF is pointing the, the finger at the company that was utilizing the, or that created the automatic gate, gate that was being used. Uh, there's just a lot of unknowns on how is this law being interpreted for, you know, is, is responsibility that of the company like BNSF? Is it shared with the company that's manufacturing the, the product that is actually um, registering the, the fingerprint? It, it's the, the unknown right now is the scary part, I think, for companies because if, until somebody is a company is willing to carry the water all the way through to the appeal process and be very expensive to do so, that uncertainty, I think, forces a lot of uh, people's hands in, in settlements on these cases. Yeah, and I was reading too that this case in particular, the BNSF, you know, it was like some three years until it actually went to trial. Can you kind of talk about that, that process, this long process once, you know, there yeah. is an issue that comes across? So the, the, the wheels of justice move slowly and <laughs> it, it, it's uh, three years from a filing to a jury trial is actually on the, I'd say either average or a little bit on the quicker end uh, of things. Yes. Uh, and it's uh, being in federal court, things tend to move a, a little bit quicker. And in these class action cases, there's a, a significant amount of procedural maneuvering that goes on. Uh, that will expand the timeline for these cases. So that, that three year period, not not that uncommon. Okay, gotcha. So um, I don't know if you, you know, just in your work or something, is there, are there other cases that are, you think are gonna be bubbling up and coming up to going to trial just like this one or? I don't know of any that are gonna be going to trial. I think a lot of uh, companies are on pins and needles waiting for the Illinois Supreme Court to decide whether the penalty for BIPA is $1,000 per person or 5,000 for reckless violation. Or as I said, if it's $1,000 or $5,000 um, per scan, uh, that, that is a, it's gonna be a game changer when that decision comes out. 
And so I, there's a lot of people, a lot of companies in a holding pattern right now that are in litigation waiting for that issue to get resolved. And then trucking, we're talking about trucking companies and, and, truck, and truck drivers who are effect, impacted by this law. Are there any other industries, transportation that should be, you know, keeping an eye on this? We see it a lot in warehousing and yeah. operations in general, where oftentimes these timekeeping systems using the finger scan technology is a, the status quo um, at operations. So that is the other uh, transportation segment that needs to be mindful of, of uh, BIPA. This is a, a significant issue. And there are, we get clients who come in and can't believe that the, the numbers that are associated with the potential violations here, particularly when, at least in many people's view, there's no harm being uh, done. But the Illinois legislature spoke and they created BIPA and its law. And any company who's doing business here in Illinois needs to be mindful of it and do the best that they can to get a proper compliance procedure in place. And, and that could mean something like some kind of biometric specific policy that drivers are signing and are, are aware that their information is being collected and stuff like that. That's right. There's a consent that needs to be obtained, a written consent that needs to be obtained. And then there's also needs to be a publicly available uh, policy that alerts people to what biometrics are being obtained, what they're being obtained for, and what their um, destruction policy is once the biometric is no longer being used. Right. Because there's one thing, you know, to use, to gather it and use it, but then you're also storing it. So that's kind of another, another layer to it, I guess. So, yeah. Absolutely. And that's, you know, there's a, a it's using your terminology, a couple layers to it in the statute. They specifically have a, you know, different layer, so to speak, for the requirement on uh, not just obtaining consent, which is one layer, but then also the other layer of it would be having a destruction policy in place um once the biometric information is no longer being used you know it's interesting because i always think back to you know like a vocal recognition thing um that would be considered biometric data and so if you're using some kind of technology where you're talking into it which seems like a really good technology for a truck driver for example who can't be on their phone or doing something it's interesting to see how how that's gonna how this law is gonna impact that kind of stuff nope. I mean, you see these biometrics being used all over the place in everyday life. It's banks frequently use voice prints to authenticate customer identities. You have retailers who will use facial recognition to you know, track shoppers um, in trying to figure out, you know, marketing-wise, what the demographic is that, that's coming into the store. Um, I mean, I, there's even a, a story of a church that was using facial recognition and fingerprint collection to, to track attendance. Oh, uh, you're kidding me. No. So it's, you know, the, the biometrics are being used across a variety of industries. And it just so happens that transportation is one of them and is significantly impacted by this BIPA uh, legislation or law. Great, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you coming on discussing this kind of emerging issue we're seeing. And I'm sure this isn't the last we'll be hearing about it for sure. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm Vesla Brykovich and this is HDT Talks Trucking. Make sure to follow HDT on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, we'll keep an eye on this issue. And as always, you'll hear about it there first and on our website, truckinginfo.com. Thanks for tuning in.